Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. BestPass provides back office automation software and tow management solutions for commercial fleets of all sizes. They save fleets time and money by consolidating payments and providing insight to better manage costs per vehicle. Founded in 2001 by Truckers for Truckers, BestPass is a trusted partner on the road and in the back office. And to learn more, call 8-8-4-1-0-9-6-9-6 or visit www.bestpass.com. Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a driver reach and freight waves production. I'm Leah Shaver, President and CEO of the National Transportation Institute. In Jeremy's absence, I am thrilled to be your host and deliver another great conversation today. On this show, we interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver life cycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. Your feedback is very important to us. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you are using to listen. Today, I am so excited to be talking with a longtime colleague and someone whom I truly admire, Jim Ward, president of the Truckload Carriers Association. Jim, very grateful and honored to have you with us on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. My plan for us today is lengthy, as I as I gave you a heads up prior to logging in today. It's to talk about how your decades of experience managing and leading a trucking company influence your work at TCA, where you want to steer the organization in the coming years, the value of carriers being active in an association like yours, and of course, to lean on your expertise in all things trucking to help our listeners guide their fleet's next steps. It's a lot to cover, so we're going to get right at it. Jim, you've been on the show before, but the last time you were on, you were in a different place in your career. At that time, you were president and CEO of DM Bowman. You were TCA chair, an elected position held by trucking company leaders who steer TCA's policy and work alongside the permanent TCA staff. Which brings us to today. You are president of TCA. You lead the association on a full-time basis. So I want to explore that change. What drew you to pivot in your career from running a trucking company to leading the Truckload Carriers Association? Well, it's a pleasure to join you again. Thank you very much. I certainly appreciate all you and Jeremy do for the industry. So you're right. On April 1 of 2022, I retired from DM Bowman after 30 years of service with the Bowman family of companies. And, you know, the old saying is, once you get diesel in your blood, it's one of those things that you just don't, this doesn't go away. And so why TCA? Well, it's an opportunity, a very humbling one at that, to take what I've learned and experienced over my 43 years in the transportation industry and give back to an industry that has been very good to my family. I've always felt that it's important in one's life to have a purpose, to make a difference and to help others. TCA has given me that opportunity in the last chapter of my transition of my career, and I'm, again, very grateful for that. Well, last time you were on the show, it was June of 21, and we learned about your work history. You talked about holding a role early in your career where you were in charge of process improvement at DM Bowman, and the lessons that you learned from that job have stuck with you over the years in every other position you held. 
After being the leader of a trucking company for so many years, you also bring a strong business acumen to your role at TCA. You've direct, you're directed by the board, which is made up of current leaders at TCA member companies. So with your trucking background, your business background, your previous experience as chair of TCA, it has to be an interesting dynamic for a leader of an industry association. I give you all that backstory, and I say you, but I mean our, our humble listeners, to ask you this. How does all of that influence your approach to leading the association, and how does it influence the transformations that you want to see take place at TCA? Well, that's a great observation and a great question. Uh, you know, TCA has been blessed with great leadership, vision, and standing for over the years, and, and so it's not like I've walked into something that's broken and uh, needs overhaul. Uh, you're correct. Spending 30 years as an active member of TCA, advancing through the leadership line to chairman, and having had the opportunity to watch and learn from several successful leaders throughout my trucking career, I believe provides me with a rather unique perspective on the business of the Truckload Cares Association and understanding you know, what matters most to our members. So I've spent my first 15 months engaging membership, our officers and staff, to understand how best to align our limited resources to achieve the greatest member value. I have to ask, what is the greatest member value then from your perspective? Well, you know, so you and I both know that trucking industry leaders are not bashful about what's on their mind. So yep. in my conversations with them over the first 15 months and, and working with their leadership team, topics that have been most prevalent in, in our conversations center around what TCA Chairman Dave Williams has coined as our TCA's member value proposition. And so uh, we set out to, to educate TCA members on it and kind of not only our members, but our legislators, the general public, and really anyone else who provides us with an audience on the following topics. And so it kind of starts out, and these are in no particular order, but number one, improving the driving job, improving the professional driving job, promoting the commercial truck driver as a well-respected, well-compensated career job. Um, You know, again, as we continue to bring more minorities into the industry, I know you said on the WIT board, especially women, you know, today we have somewhere between eight and 10% in the industry. If we're going to bring more of those individuals into the business, we're going to have to have improved truck parking, more well-lighted truck parking, more safe truck parking areas for these individuals with, with the appropriate accommodations and access to shipper and constant eat restroom and facilities as they're making deliveries. Uh, secondly, we talk about roadway safety, leading and guiding the path to a safer roadway. Now, look, we, we certainly buy in and support the DOT and, and FMCSA's uh, uh, road to zero. It, one fatality, I think we would all agree, is, is one too many. So, so being a good neighbor on our nation's highways is extremely important to us. Uh, thirdly, I would say uh, financial sustainability. You know, I think most people would tell you that you talk to them today that the last 15 months or so, we've been in what most would call a, um, a, a freight market that's extremely challenging. And, uh, so TCA's Trucking Profitability and Benchmarking Program, which about 25% of our members are currently participating in, spend a lot of time in these groups talking about how to more effectively manage costs. And uh, I think, as we all know, managing costs is a real priority for most, most motor carriers. Fourthly, I would say environmental sustainability, you know, and, and again, with what all that's going on with CARB and EPA and, and uh you know, as we talk about environmental sustainability, messaging the truckload industry's commitment and the progress that we've made. You know, in the area of emissions, we say from from one truck in 1986 equals what the emissions were of 60 trucks today. 
So we want to make sure we're getting recognized for the improvement that we've made over the last 30 years, uh, 98% improvement in, in, in NOx. So, and we also want to make absolutely sure that we're helping frame some of these initiatives because there's a lot of concern around with CARB and EPA and some of these regulations that they're pushing out and the timeframe they're pushing them out in. We need to make sure that, you know, they're achievable, they're affordable and, and, re- and reliable, that the equipment's reliable and that there's a, there's a good path forward. So there's a lot of issues as we discuss with our members and as we discuss on the Hill concerning where's the minerals coming from? How the utilities how are the utilities going to get in place when we talk about these zero emission vehicles? Uh, you know, is there going to be adequate time to test the equipment in various modes of operation? And, and what's that all going to mean to supply chain disruptions and the transfer of cost to consumers in an already high inflationary environment? And then finally, I would say it's last, but certainly not least, but is our industry image. You know, how do we continue to build on the essentiality and outpouring of appreciation our driving associates and our industry receive during the pandemic? So I know that's, that's a lot, but again, I think if we continue to break it down into these five key areas and then look at how we're aligning resources inside of TCA, our educations, our programs and awards, whether it's you know, the professional driver of the year that we've revamped this year and was able to recognize five drivers from five member companies, giving them $20,000 each at our annual meeting to, you know, moving to Capital Christmas Tree to our Highway Angel program and the recognition that we're doing on our nation's highways. We want to make sure these all align and that we're creating member value through this process. It was the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, all of these need action, and it sounds like uh, you are at the table. So I appreciate all of that insight, especially the ones that relate to driver hiring, retention, and, and driver-focused topics uh, across the board. Um, and we'll get back to that in in a moment. So tying those member conversations into something that we talked about, one of your roles at DM Bowman in process improvement. I keep seeing analyst notes saying, This particular publicly traded fleet is well poised for the next economic and market cycle upswing. They've laid the groundwork, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So tying that in with conversations that NTI has had with motor carriers and private fleets in recent months about how they are redeploying some of their recruiting leaders, key people into other roles in the organization. Uh, They're looking to fill holes or assist where folks are needed while recruiting is a bit slower this year. So my question for you in setting that up is, what are some things that you would be advising fleets to do today, particularly regarding personnel, their people, their resources, all to prepare for that next market cycle change? Well, those of us who's been around this business for a while all know that the business is very cyclical. And I've always been one to believe and promote that when we experience a softening in, in, uh, in business, this provides motor carriers the opportunity to pause, reflect, train, and prepare for the next upturn in the business cycle. You know, cross-training is something that I find to be extremely valuable and helps internal personnel understand how important it is to hand off quality work a quality work product to the internal customer. And so there's there's a lot of opportunity at, at, when you have these these freight recessions and downturn in the economy, I think to be able to help, you know, instill and 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 build out the the knowledge and education of your business and the people that you have inside the walls working for you. Well. I read an interesting report last week uh, published by Atri. I would imagine that you and any peer in uh, member associations has also read and, and reshared. It said that trucking companies who are members and participants in associations like TCA, like state and national associations and organizations are also safer companies. 
they have fewer crashes and violations, is ultimately what the research determined. So let's talk about it. Why do you think that is? And how does that support reasons to become an active corporate participant in our industry? Well, I apologize to Rebecca and the Atri team who does a great job, but I haven't read the report yet that you're referencing, but that doesn't surprise me that that it would say that. Um, You know, the motor carrier industry is a very competitive and ever-changing business. Uh, To participate in group discussions, network with your peers, and industry suppliers is a great way for companies to keep up to date on what's working, what's coming down the path for the future. And I think associations provide this type of engagement. So I'm not surprised to hear that. Well, let's stick with that topic for another beat. The value of association membership, of course, we have to ask. TCA has long had a variety of educational programming available to its members. Recently, though, we've seen frequent celebration and promotion of those educational opportunities as members are recognized as they complete coursework. So tell us about your educational lineup, the cost to opportunity benefits, why members should have their team members uh, pursue the curriculum. Lay it out for us. Well, thank you for acknowledging TCA's certification program. Uh, again, as part of our membership, we have we have some of our certification programs tied right in with your membership dues. So it's, a, it's an easy way to get a great return on your investment as you include your personnel inside the walls in some of our programs. But uh, today's workforce is filled with bright, energetic, and passionate personnel who I believe want to excel and be recognized for their achievements. And uh, TCA appeals to a variety of the practitioners in the industry. Our uh, Truckload Carriers Association, North American Transportation Management Institute, better known to most as as NATME, offers programs in the area of safety and risk management, such as the Safety Supervisor Certificate, Certified Director of Safety. We also have recently extended uh, a maintenance supervisory certification program that's that's getting a lot of attention, as well as a, a driver trainer certification, who uh, we just had a, a training session at, at Walmart on uh, on training drivers to certify professional drivers. So inside of TCA, we, uh, we offer through our learning management system, which has gone through a recent upgrade and will be offering HR personnel better features and functions to track their associates' progress enrolled in the TCA certification program, such as We have a fleet management certification. We have an HR or recruiting and retention certificate program. And I'd certainly be remiss not to mention that we're in the final stage of updating our dispatch challenge that will be available to our members here soon. Well, we won't. I don't want to get way off track, but I hope that all of our listeners made note of what you mentioned related to driver trainers. Um, As you know, career path is something that's long been missing for professional truck drivers or commercial vehicle operators, as you once uh, referred to them. And um, one of the the ways to highlight opportunity and articulate career path in in NTI's perspective is to um, elevate the training and um, train and retrain our trainers. So I'm excited about that curriculum and and the opportunity. So hopefully folks uh, take note, especially of that. Uh, uh, now, we think TCA, it's going to get a lot of traction. Sorry, go ahead. I said, I think we think it's going to get a lot of traction. Yeah, I agree. So and I, I actually think it's quite necessary. Um, there's a number of ways that we can better uh, create and articulate career path for professional truck drivers. And, um, and, you know, with the need to train and have training stick and be a lot stickier for for new entrants, uh, ultimately, 
a big part of that is not only the curriculum in the classroom from my perspective, but it's especially what happens in the cab of the truck. Think human resources, um, you know, think equity, think diversity and inclusion, um, you know, think education, think, uh, you know, workforce development. There's a, there's a lot of opportunity there. So very excited about that. Uh, TCA obviously does a lot of work in Washington lobbying on behalf of issues important to truckload carriers that make up your membership. TCA has an event call in Washington. It's coming up in a few weeks. Tell us about that event, how fleets get involved, the primary issue of focus, um, and ultimately what you're asking members to discuss with their representatives in Washington. Yes, again, well, thank you. We have uh, we have a fall business meeting, which is on the 25th. We have two committee meetings of our various committees a year, one in March at our annual meeting and then at our fall business meeting, which is the day prior to our call on Washington, which will be held the 26th. And uh, so TCA staff and a number of our members will be flying in, all heading to the Hill for a day of, uh, of interaction and, again, education, because that's really what it's all about. Uh, this is an opportunity for TCA members to meet with uh, representatives, and, uh, and, and their uh, staff to share personal stories about how policy decisions made on the Hill impact their business. Uh, the last thing anyone wants is for them to frame decisions from their perspective. And then we must live with what we often hear called uh, the unintended consequences of a bad decision. They need to hear from the people who are producing jobs and keeping America moving. I told one of the senators here recently that you know, a professional driving employee sitting alongside the road that's broke down or a manufacturing facility that's about ready to shut down because they're not getting the particular part that they're needing uh, for the supply chain to be able to keep the facility operating, doesn't want to hear about unintended consequences. So it's a great day to go share your real life story with them. Again, people who are producing jobs and keeping America moving is who they want to hear from. Well, how about specific to the topics that our show revolves around, which is driver recruiting and retention? Um, you know, any any topics on, uh, you know, policy regulatory standpoint regarding driver recruiting and retention? What's important there? You know, what are the latest updates and initiatives on those fronts? Yes. Well, again, one of the things that we've been, been pushing real hard on is has been this truck parking initiative, because, again, we think it's if you're going to improve the driving job. Part of improving the driving job is is having adequate parking. And going back to the ATRI study, when you only have one parking spot out of 11 professional drivers that's looking one looking for one on our nation's highways. And the average driving employee is you know, spending about an hour of their time a day seeking a safe place to park. It, it's a real issue. And so we're making some progress. Now, you know, again, when they come back, they're on recess right now. And they won't be back till September 15th. And when they get back September 15th, you know, their full focus is going to be keeping the government running because they got to figure out how they're going to fund it because it's going to, if they don't, it's going to shut down at the end of September. So we don't expect much to happen in those first couple of weeks, but once they get that behind them why, uh, and, and, and they figure out how the funding is going to work, we truly believe that there's going to be some opportunity to have this fall uh, discussions regarding truck parking, and hopefully we'll be able to get it in a bill where that $755 million that they keep talking about, you know, spread out over some period of time, five years, will be become a reality. Is there any chance when we refer to truck parking, it's safe truck parking with amenities? For our professional drivers, i.e., uh, you know, well lit and safe and private restroom facilities. Well, that's the message that we continue to send, believe it or not. And uh, even that we've we've crafted a letter that we're asking a number of our members to send over to their to their senators, soliciting support behind. And it is a bipartisan uh, initiative, and, and it does get bipartisan support. So, so yes, making sure that, like you said, that they're safe, they're well lit, they have amenities for the professional driving employee is certainly a key part of this conversation. And, and I'd also suggest that 
you know, carriers take a look around their states to determine what, if any, rest areas are currently closed and put pressure on your local and state representatives to get them open in the meantime. Now, that's not going to solve the problem, but it certainly could help. Yeah, I um, I spoke at a conference last week, and um, one of the things that we recommend to fleets to aid in retention is also an audit of your truck stop relationships. Um, you know, when when we travel as a company, we only fuel at truck stop facilities. And um, how often are we greeted by, uh, you know, conditions that maybe we wouldn't want our professional driving team having to face? And so it's really important that um, as we think about the folks that work with us and for us operating across the uh, nation's highways, ultimately, that they have safe, well-lit, um, you know, private, clean amenities to make use of and, uh, and, and be able to do their job with confidence. I, I do think that that's a key component related to exits uh, with new entrants and, um, and an ongoing retention concern. And it's certainly uh, highly spoken of, uh, of professional drivers when I'm on air on SiriusXM. Uh, speaking of management and tying into the themes of our show, though, Let's talk about one of my favorite topics, uh, generations and trucking's demographics. Um, as you know, trucking's workforce is made up predominantly, and by predominantly, I'm, I say eight out of every 10 of the two oldest generations in the workforce, uh, which includes you and I, Jim, baby boomers and Gen Xers. Meanwhile, in the broader U.S. economy, just half of, of workers are baby boomers or Gen X. Four out of 10 are millennials. So how do we reconcile that in our industry? How do we draw from uh, more and new entrants from younger generations? And what happens, in your opinion, if we're not successful in doing so? Well, in my humble opinion, uh, we need to do a better job as an industry letting the next generation know how the job has and continues to change. Uh, it's not their grandfather's job, as we say, or in most cases, not even the job their father's experienced. I mean, there are more job choices today than ever before to meet the needs of the individual as a professional driver. And I believe there'll even be better work-life balance for individuals as we continue to get down this path in the future. I agree. Um, I The more uh, that uh, it gets demanded by our younger folks, the more we tend to evolve as an industry. Um, but ultimately, supply is also a key concern. And and having less supply is ultimately what drives innovation and other technology to replace the driving jobs. So um, we do have to evolve as an industry and, and make some of those accommodations, get away from the, the perspective of uh, the new entrants having to adapt to our culture and instead adapting our culture to better suit uh, the, the evolving of now four generations that are working in the industry. Well, that brings you know, us to our, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, you know, I truly believe that there's a, there's a great opportunity, as I said, when helping him better understand what this job's all about by promoting the job in high schools as a, as a first career choice. Yes. You know, I think we, we've missed some opportunity by doing that over the years. And I think if we could work with our suppliers and our vendors to, to, to take to some of these high schools and their vocational programs and show them, you know, really what this job's all about and how they could take care of their family as a first career choice in a job coming out of coming out of school, I think there's a great opportunity for us to be able to grow that segment into our industry as professional driving employees. Absolutely true. That brings us to our deeper dive segment. We ask your expertise on behalf of our listeners. So here's the question that came in. Uh, one program that TCA has produced for years is its Best Fleets to Drive For Awards. 
Uh, so many of us in the industry watch that program, study the list of winners every year, and most importantly, learn from their success. TCA has said that it's revamping best fleets to drive for. So can you share with us what the goals of the revamp are, what's going to be different, and what, what will the new recognition reveal that it hasn't before? Well, there's one thing for sure. TCA understands the importance of recognizing our truckload members who are excelling and providing a great place for our professional drivers. And, are, and we are committed to making sure that they receive the appropriate recognition. There'll be more to come on the TCA program. Now, what we've done is we've reached out to those TCA members in the truckload industry and asked for them to help us define uh, what this, how to raise the bar and what the program is going to look like in the future. So we'll be providing additional information on the new program, as I said, at our annual meeting in March. Okay. Well, uh, lastly, Jim, I'm going to ask you this. Where does the industry go from here after the last few years? As someone who's in a role of actually trying to shepherd change in trucking via policy, regulation, working with motor carrier members, and in so many other ways, what do you foresee and what do you hope to see in the next three, five, eight, ten years? Well, roadway safety, I believe, will continue to improve with the investments carriers are making in technology. Carriers, shippers, and drivers will continue to work on taking the friction out of the supply chain in areas such as improved waiting times, pre-planned loads, et cetera. And the professional driving career will be around when I'm going. We may see more driver assist technology evolve, but there will be a driver in the seat. All right. Jim, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It was so great to have you on the show and uh, great to see you again today. Again, Leah, thank you very much for the opportunity. Appreciate all you do for the industry. Thank you. And thanks to you for joining me on another episode of Taking the Higher Road. Remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those that appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you listen. Until next time, thank you for Taking the Higher Road.